Let's Go Blues Radio is powered by Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code LGB. Make your balls a priority this fall. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's have a dying brush. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Ogil Corp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, Selfish hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Uh, welcome to Season 9, Episode 8 of Let's Go Blues Radio, where the often imitated but never duplicated the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code LGB. Make your balls a priority this fall. And through November 7th, as you mentioned last week, if you visit manscaped.com and use the promo code LGB for 20% off and free shipping, we'll send you some free stickers from the show. Uh, just go ahead and share a photo of your purchase with LGB in the photo on Twitter or Facebook or wherever. And make sure you tag the show hashtag LGB radio in your tweet or your, your Facebook post or whatever and let us know about it. And we'll get you your free stickers. Uh, we're broadcasting live on Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. It's happy Back to the Future Day. October 21st is the day Marty travels to the future and Back to the Future Part 2. So happy uh, BTTF day to everyone. This is franchise episode number 274 all time. Your host and I are yours truly, Kurt Price, Bill Day, and Jeff Fonder. And for your listening pleasure, for the next little while, we'll be talking St. Louis Blues hockey. To interact with the show on social media, you can follow the show on Twitter at LGB Radio. My handle is at Kurt Price. Bill's is at Billy Blue Note. And Jeff's is at Ponder 94 Follow us on Instagram. We're dual live streaming right now on YouTube and Facebook. And for those watching the live stream right now on either of those platforms, thank you for joining us. And feel free to comment in the live chats, and we'll discuss what we can during the show. If you're listening to the podcast version of the show, thank you for joining us as well. And, of course, the website is letsgoblues.com, where you can listen to or watch past episodes of the show, browse the fan discussion forum, as well as get some cool St. Louis Blues-themed T-shirts and stickers that help support the show. Happy Back to the Future Day, guys. Uh, I have, I, I'm dressed as Marty, for those that can see on YouTube, and you guys dressed as Jennifer, I guess? Is that what you guys got going on? Uh, you know, <laughs> Kurt, I'm going to tell you what I said before the show started. I can't hear what you're saying. Your hat is too loud. I thought you were going to say with my two Stanley Cup rings plug in my ear. Oh, well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> you only have one, though. So, wait... Yeah, I, I mean, I think Jeff and I can pass for a couple of Biff's goons from the, yeah. you know, 1985 uh, apocalyptic uh, yeah. part of the movies. Um, but I need to know, are you Marty or Marty Jr.? I, well, I, I could be either one because Mar- both Marty and Marty Jr. dress this way in part two. So This is the best I can do. I've got Rick Vaughn glasses. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I, I wish I had the uh, the 3D glasses that the friend was wearing. Uh, was that yeah. Flea? Wasn't that Flea wearing those? Uh, f- yeah. No, I, I don't know. Flea. Flea wasn't wearing the 3D glasses. No, Flea was in it. No, yeah. Flea was Needles. He wasn't, yeah. He was, Flea was Needles. Needles. Yes. 
That's right. He's yeah. the guy that got him fired. That's yeah. right. What are you chicken on, noodles? See you at the plan on Friday. Or tomorrow. <laughs> McFry. <laughs> McFry. Uh, McFry. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. Uh, our official beers of episode number 274. You can follow each of us on the Untapped app. My handle is at CPrice12. Jeff's is at JPonder94. And Bill's is at BillyBluno33. Uh, Jeff. Our bill. Damn it! Every week I get I get backwards. I should just and I just go with who I say first, but I don't. I say Jeff. Like, no bill. Doesn't matter. Doesn't Do matter. You I, care? I don't care. I just it's I have a routine, and I just I don't know. It. I, I don't want to slight anyone. Why is he going first? I always go first. I don't know. So okay, yeah, Jeff. Let's let's so do I, you. So no, I'll just be slighted every week. I see how it is. That's fine. No, I, you have your. I go last, and and Bill goes first, and Jeff's in the middle. I, that was what we always do, but I don't care. It doesn't matter. Are these are these a little better for the uh, the glasses that the the punk was wearing? Uh, yeah, I can see, see your monitors. Shades. Yeah, I, can yeah, see your I know. That's why I don't like wearing glasses. Like when I have meetings down here, I'm like they can see what I'm looking at. So it's like, yeah. oh, on the other screen, I've got a. Uh, Hockey reference pulled up. What the hell's he doing over there? And they can maybe see a reflection down and see him masturbating while you're on a Zoom call. Oh, mm-hmm. me tubing. Me tubing. Me, me, me tubing. Is that the movement, me tubing? Hashtag me tubing. Me tubing. Yep. <laughs> if it isn't, we need to start it. Is that, yep. I, is that, uh, we should hashtag me tubing. Is that, that? I don't, is it, I don't know. I'm sure it is. I'm sure somebody else has already thought of it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Of course, okay. of course, the first link that comes up is Fox News. Hashtag me too, of course. Oh, my. Of course. Yep. The, the, the Fox would be all over that. Funny. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I'll go first this sure, week. Sure, uh, Jeff, so first. drinking out of my wonderful Labatt Blue glass. I am not drinking Labatt Blue. I like I'm it. drinking... From my uh, growler from Center Ice Brewery, which you can pick these up uh, curbside, or you can just walk in and say, hey, guys, I want a growler or something, and they will fill it out for you, uh, fill it up for you. This is the Locker Room Supply Amber Lager, as you can see. Filled it by Brody. Five point... Filled by there. Brody, filled yeah. Filled by Brody. Yeah, our ah. friend Brody, who's a listener of the show. We love you, Brody. Uh, does a great job there at Center Ice. Blonde, uh, blonde dude. <laughs> The blonde dude. If you ever see him up there, it's not Steve. Uh, that's that's he's a he's a an okay bartender. Yeah, Brody's been up there almost every time I've been there. <laughs> yeah, he's always there. Yeah. Uh, but no, the locker room supply is a great amber lager. Um, their best lager to me is always going to be the old arena. But second place for me is is uh, in terms of just overall beer. I'm a big locker room supply fan. So try that if you haven't had it before. Bill. What's yours? What do you got? Well, keeping with the theme, I am also drinking a center ice beer. Sheldon doesn't like it, apparently. <laughs> you, you really, uh, you really it, need to uh, actually take some, take a napkin and kind of do the like the whole right, tap, pat, the, pat your lips on the napkin to get the lipstick off before you drink the other white can know, because your lipstick really shows on the corner of the can. Yeah, <laughs> love that detail, but yeah, I don't know. Great pumpkin spice lager from Sunrise uh, Brewery. Hey, hey, what? What I'm are you doing here. to that poor dog? He's, he wants. He's, he's he wants a beer. That's what it is. The, 
the one dog is chewing the other dog's ear right now. So, oh. one dog is it a zombie nuts. dog? <laughs> yes, yes. It sounds um, like it, but... it's either it's either a whale mating, or a leaky metal door on a ship. <laughs> <laughs> Were you there? The time that I couldn't get that straight, I kept saying males waiting. <laughs> males waiting. I was there. And I almost said male waiting. I, I almost Yeah, it's, it's so easy to do. <laughs> it really is. Oh, man. That was our teenage years. I know, right? Insane. The Brian uh, Regan worshiping years. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, anyway, um, Pumpkin Spice Lager, Center Ice Brewery. It's a butte, but it's not the butte. It's a butte. Right. I uh, I, I had the pump- I had the pump <laughs> I had the pumpkin spice uh, on Saturday at Sunrise Brewery. Uh, went over there and it was yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh mine tonight is the uh I'm going to stick with the St. Louis theme. I, I didn't do center ice, uh but I did uh chocolate milk stout, which is from Four Hands. Where's the camera? There's the, get the glare off there. The chocolate milk stout from Four Hands, one of my favorites. Um it's not the absence of light from Four Hands, which is the peanut butter chocolate milk stout. It is the chocolate milk stout from Four Hands, which is a good one. Fall beer, nice fall beer from St. Louis, uh, from a fantastic brewery in Four Hands. Uh, real quick, we've got a comment here in Facebook uh, from Mary Ponder. Yes, folks, that is my mother. She says, I'm here. Uh, thanks for joining us, Miss <laughs> Ponder. We appreciate it. Uh, well, that's what we appreciate about you. Is that what you appreciate about her? That that's yes, exactly. Uh, today in blues history, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter accounts, uh, October twenty first, nineteen eighty nine, and nineteen ninety two is uh, the great Ron Caron. So Ron Caron has two different years here in the blues history. Something on today's date in eighty nine and ninety two. In eighty nine, he used th- three modes of transportation to describe a six to four St. Louis Blues loss to the Kings. Which I remember this quote and uh, it, this this article, and it's funny. Um, the uh, let's see, it was in the uh, wake of the Blues' six to four loss to the Kings. Uh, the uh, the game, he said, the game is not played with airplanes, with everyone flying. He said it's played with tanks. That's the way we've got to play. It's foot soldiers. You can't take Cadillacs out of Thunderbirds. We played Cadillacs and Lincolns last night. We forgot our dimension. A horse could be behind in the third quarter, then it opens up, Secretariat can come back and win. So, translation, we have to play within our limitations, he said. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's that's good old Ron Caron for you. Good stuff. He definitely had the meat on the burner for uh, for those quotes. <laughs> oh, someone was going to ship to Calgary. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1992, Ron Caron uh, chewed out the organist, the blues organist, for lack of atmosphere in the St. Louis Blues 5-5 tie versus Quebec. Yes, youngins, there used to actually be ties in the NHL back in the day. Um, the, and the article is in the in the uh, tweet here from STL Blues History. Uh, it says the general manager, Ron Caron, was upset with his team's play early in the season. He even chewed out the organist during fi- uh, the tie. Uh, Kron left his private box during a play stoppage. He steps to the roost of organist Tom Doctor uh, and verbally abused him for the lack of atmosphere at the arena. Uh, only an egomaniac, and this is Tom Doctor saying, uh, only an egomaniac would insult and humiliate somebody in front of hundreds of people like that. I've never been harassed on the job in my life. 
Uh, Karan's beef was that the loud music played in outposts such as Quebec and Montreal intimidated the officials. Uh, he also said he wouldn't have berated Doctor's professor, uh, predecessor, Ernie Hayes, the late, great Ernie Hayes, uh, which Cardinals and Blues fans should know his name easy. Um, mm-hmm. But no one would have uh, berated him in a similar fashion. So Karan was more impressed with Doctor by the next game against Detroit. The Blues were so bad, <laughs> Karan praised Doctor. How bad were they? They were so bad that uh, that guy was our best player. Talking about Tom Doctor, the organist. So either he felt bad about chewing him out last game, or uh, he genuinely uh, felt he played better, I guess. Think about how far we have come. The fact that the <laughs> organ is hardly even used anymore. I know. And back in the day, it it was a source of inspiration, according to the Blues general manager. To intimidate officials. <laughs> yeah. How? I mean, and to be honest, I mean, I guess if you if you watch Slapshot or any any of these older hockey movies where there's an organ playing and there was an organ, that was the music in the arena. That the, the organ played oh, yeah. in between plays, um, and it was fantastic. Uh, and I guess maybe in some buildings, um, the organist could play certain ways and have certain styles where it was kind of intimidating. I guess. Um, I guess it depends on the acoustics of the arena too, but uh, but yeah, that's that's it, the 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 uh, organ is kind of a thing of the past as far as hockey arenas go. You don't hear it too much anymore. Unfortunately, I know, right? It's, our friend, our friend Jeremy Boyer does a great job. But we just don't hear him enough. Yeah, I know. I mean, he does he does his thing up there, but they they, they pump in a lot of uh, a lot of you know piped in rock and whatnot, popular music. So. Which I get it. I mean, people want to, people like to hear the popular stuff. But man, if 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 an organ just isn't a hockey arena to me, growing up and everything, it's just I don't know. Nothing, nothing beats it for me. I, 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 we had this discussion on the Let's Go Blues forums years ago uh, when they were transitioning to more and more uh, rock music and stuff, and uh, there was a, a faction of of the the user base on the site. At letsgoblues.com that uh, was all about wanting more organ music. And there was another faction that said, "No, screw that. I want I want to hear good popular music pumped in." And you could it was almost like I'm like, "What's going on?" I can see the uh, mindset of fans changing before my eyes as far as what they want played at a hockey arena. It's like the newer the like the younger fans want this new popular stuff, and then the more established fans or the older fans or whatever they wanted, you know, they didn't want things to change. So I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I like piped-in music. I like that's that's fun. I like music I like the, that um, I, that is popular that I like. But to me, if I'm at a hockey, I can hear that music anytime. If I'm at a hockey game, yeah. I want to hear more quote-unquote hockey atmosphere stuff, which has always traditionally been uh, a pipe organ. The thing that I always yeah. miss the most. Oh, I'll make a quick point, Bill. The only thing I miss, the thing I miss the most is like when the puck would like go out of play and you hear the and then like you'd hear a song played on yes. the organ. Like it would just bleed into a song being played. And every now and then you'll still get that from the organ when that happens. But then they start playing in piped in music and it's just, yeah, I'm with you, man. The feeling of, of hearing the organ until the next puck drop is uh, it's just that's hockey to me. Yeah, no, I, I think there, you know, there still needs to be a good mix. And I'm glad that, you know, Jeremy Boyer is still well employed by the Blues. You know, I, I loved seeing his, you know, 
during the bubble tournament, you know, him playing, you know, for the quote unquote home games, you know, that was great. And I mean, if you think about the allure of the greatest sports video game of all time, NHL 94, <laughs> half of the allure of that game is the music, right? It's and it's all organ based music, brass bonanza, you know, um, you know, when the blues go marching in, uh, you know, all of those just like I, I still, you know, still play the, the sim. Um, I, I haven't picked up NHL 21, but I hear they brought it back uh, in the game. Um, and that may be the only reason I pick up NHL 21. But uh, to me, that was that really was the draw of uh, those those early video games, the, the early hockey video games on Sega. Um, Brass Bonanza, you say, Bill? Well, oh, how about this? Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a nerd. That's I played last stuff. week that Holy Vancouver shit, was cool. my uh, Vancouver was my notification. Vancouver, and yeah. now my ringtone is definitely Brass Bonanza from NHL '94. That that man, that's that is, my childhood. That's, <laughs> that, that, yeah. that is my childhood. It's a beauty. I mean, no, growing up, going to games at the old barn, you know hearing you know ernie hayes um and i somewhere i have actually have an ernie hayes record um that has like two good tracks on it um it, as far as i'm concerned but it's got game time and every anytime yes. i hear game time, whether i'm at at down at the ballpark or at the blues game and that comes on it just takes me back to my childhood and i'm i'm instantly happy just such a wonderful like you know where you are when you hear that song and it just puts you in the right place ernie hayes put out a cd or a tape was it a tape or a cd uh that our friend landon <laughs> our no, friend landon it was did... it was a record that he recorded oh, yeah, a record a tape. Yeah. okay yeah, yeah well i had a c he gave me a cd he gave you a tape and, uh, and, just sh- and... shows we, right, Landon. Landon's that guy that you know, heavy into early tech. He, yeah. I'm sure he's the guy that was you know recording it onto his computer, you know, at, I, in mid '90s. Remember, remember the track, "The Doors Ajar." Remember that? I remember, do. Remember how cars early, early talking cars that with the doors open, the car would say, "The door is ajar," <laughs> and uh, every kid in the world with the stupid jokes. No, it's not. It's a door. It's not a jar. But, uh, but yeah, and he, for some reason, he had something like some kind of a new wave techno like track on there that had the doors ajar and a door slamming shut. And that was basically about it with a little bit of organ. That was weird. That was an odd track by Ernie Hayes. Anyway, for those of you who have any, who are familiar with the Ernie Ernie Hayes record, uh, then uh, you'll, you'll know the doors ajar, which is an odd, I never understood that weird. Uh, and uh, I, real quick, we got. I should share that on YouTube comment. actually, because I've got I've got those tracks. I should put some on YouTube. Do uh, that. Ernie Hayes, he's, sure. he's passed away. I mean, he he's not gonna yell at me. Well, I should. I, I will. Might, but I, I, will. I, I doubt. I doubt they will. Uh, as long as you're not making money off it, who cares? Uh, race fan rocks four again. The biggest Eric Brewer fan we know. Uh, he uh, he says, "Give me Holiday" by Green Day as a goal song. Um. Is that the one? Uh, yeah. that, that was yeah. an American Idiot. On I think holiday. I wasn't a big yeah. fan. Yeah, I wasn't a big yeah. fan of that one. 
I like Holiday. Uh, the the but, album you know, or the, the song? The album. The I album. See, I have a couple know, songs. Eh. Does, does, some, does somebody use that? I, I can see using part a, of Holiday for a, for a goal song. I'm a, I'm a dookie. I'm pretty purely international super hits and dookie with Green Day. That's about it for me. I um I can see using part of Holiday for a goal song. I see where that fits based on you know how, what teams using for songs nowadays. Um. I still, I mean, give me, I don't care. Give me the, the, the Budweiser theme and the blues score on the organ. That I, I, I love that. And then when the, when the blues go marching in, I, that's fantastic or vice versa. It's fantastic. Um, October 21st, 1999, the St. Louis blues honor Pierre Turgeon, Pierre Turgeon for milestones, <laughs> <laughs> milestones of 1000 games and 400 goals. Um, which this was brought up on uh, Twitter uh, the other day uh, during a conversation about Adam Oates uh, when someone said that he thought Pierre Turgeon was the Blues' best center ever. Uh, I mean, Gretzky, he said Gretzky didn't play her long enough to qualify for that, which I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. Um, so who is the Blues' best center of all time? What do you guys think? Peter Trianic. Peter Trianic. All right. Peter Trianic, number one. Number two, uh, we'll go... Um... Jay McClement. Was Peter Sandy? Uh, he was a winger. Sandy was a winger, wasn't he? Sandy was a winger. Yeah, was a um, right Pete, winger. If we're if we're talking Peters, Peter Zezel. Peter Zezel. Peter Zezel. Hell yeah. That's a I look yeah, Zezel was fantastic. Good soccer yeah. player. Um I I mean they, I'll think of some more goofy kinda, ones while you guys get serious. Yeah, so getting serious. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it's, um, you know, it comes down to Adam Oates, you know, and it's again, so sad that, uh, he didn't, uh, you know, get the money that he deserved to stay here. Um, how, how great would that have been, you know, to see Hull and Oates together for a couple more years. But, um, I think, uh, Oates, Terjean, um, I think O'Reilly's going to be on that list before mm. all is said and done. Yeah, he's up there already. Um, yeah, I, I, when you, you the point you brought up about, and I'm, you know, one of Oates' biggest fans uh, as far as on ice play, but uh, you mentioned the money he deserved. That's a good. That's an interesting conversation because that's why he left was the the whole contract squabble. He wanted to renegotiate his contract for the second time in like six months. Uh, because of the salary kind of structure kind of changed in the NHL and players are making a lot more. And uh, he wanted to make more money. And uh, the Blues uh, reworked his contract in the offseason. And then they, he wanted to do it again midseason, and they didn't. They said no. And he kind of threw a fit. He kind of was a difficult, uh, made things difficult for the Blues. Uh, didn't come out to acknowledge uh, the fans uh, when he was named the number two star in, in a win. And uh, that was like the last straw for Mike Shanahan who uh, said after he didn't come out to acknowledge the fans, he went to Quran Rathat and said, trade Oates. And he was gone 12 hours later, and we had Janny. And he was in Boston. So that was that was, that was was a weird, stupid... And that couldn't happen nowadays because players can't do that now. It's against it's against CBA to to hold out like that. for You can't, you can't renegotiate contracts. So, it's um, against our rules? It's against the rules, yeah. Go to the back. Uh, two minutes. All right, I got you two more shame. goofy ones. Two more goofy ones, and then I'll throw in a real one. Dick Drazenovich and um, mm. Mike Zigamanis deserve some recognition. Uh, but mm. no, in uh, in all 
Yeah, he was a face-off god. I will give him that. My God. Who, Mike Eastwood? That dude won every face-off he took. Mike Eastwood, too. <laughs> Mike Eastwood. There's another one. I couldn't stand Mike Eastwood. Uh, I mean, I'm, he, I, I could not stand. He was one of the Blues. There's a, there's, we should have a show strictly on Blues players we absolutely hated. And Mike Eastwood was one of them for me. You know what? I will say I never understood the hate for Mike I, Eastwood. He when well, when the Blues to, got about him, it? we <laughs> knew we knew he was a center that could take faceoffs, and that was it. But, but for some was, reason, he, people thought he was better than that. Like I he thought, just he should be better, but he wasn't. I thought he was he overused. Never was his whole I, thought he was, I thought he was overused for for what his talent level. Well, that's not I, his fault. That's the coach's fault. Uh, well, you know how it is with, with with fans and my and anybody. It's like he's like, players on on the ice too much, and he's like, "You sucks getting off the ice." Um. So sure, yeah, I guess you always win the coach for when a player's on the ice. But, uh, but yeah, he, he'd take face-offs. Face God who abused the yeah. rules with the, of the size of his stick. I mean, oh, yeah. His, his blade oh, yeah. was, I mean, was definitely maximum. Right, right. It, it was <laughs> maximum regulation, if not, not uh, bigger. I, I think I recall, and I don't, don't trust my memory because it's gone to shit these days, but um, I think I, I recall at least one occasion where uh, his stick was challenged for legality. Um, not as famous as Marty McSorley. No. But... Well, the Blues would have to make the finals for it to be as famous. <laughs> right. That was a situation where they, you know, they hadn't been there in forever. So I will add that um, in all seriousness, I think Pierre Turgeon's name definitely belongs up there as one of the greatest centers in Blues history. Mm-hmm. The one I would definitely argue against that is somebody he played with. Now, I know he wasn't a center the whole time, but Pavel Dimitra probably deserves some recognition, right? <sighs> he wasn't known as a center. He played though. a lot. After yeah. Turgeon left, he played prior, primarily center. Did he? Between Kachuk yeah, and Melanie. He did. Yeah. Okay. He did. I, I just remember him being a winger. He yeah. was a winger a before pure, the turt before Turgeon right. moved on. Right. As as a pure center though, I I don't think he makes the list, but you know, at, and that's an interesting discussion too, right? That I compare and contrast Demetra and Turgeon. How, you know, where do they fit in overall greatest Blues players? They've got to be close. Yeah. Um, they do. I mean I mean especially different... I, I go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say a, a little bit of a different dynamic. You expected more goals out of Demetra, but um, could set anybody up, and uh, you know. But Terjan was more of a, a passer. But part of the part of the draw for me with Demetra, I mean, he, fantastic player, loved Demetra. Um, but I think the the draw part of the draw for me was that the fact that what we the the, the how we acquired him was a steal right. of a trade too. So that was, that's like, an, that's like icing on the cake. It's like, gosh, he was a great player and we didn't give up crap to get him. So that's always a nice bonus when you get, when you actually like, like O'Reilly, for example, O'Reilly's fantastic, right? One of the best centers in the NHL. Um, but and what we gave to get him was we gave them spare parts to get him. So it was just an unbelievable acquisition. Your so spare it's parts, even, bud. Yeah. <laughs> 10 ply, yeah. 10 ply spare parts. Now, Christopher Olson, uh, right? Yep. Yeah. Christopher Olson. Let's not uh, overlook the fact that there's one name that I think we're – I'm sure there's people listening on the podcast right now that are probably screaming at their phones. Uh, Bernie Federko. Yeah. I mean, Bernie is, to me, 
he is he is the best but obviously you know if you want to get into eras and all that then you're talking about something else but i think bernie is a guy that definitely deserves that title yeah i just i don't recall bernie as a center right i, I don't know I'm, again my memory's shit now but i uh i do uh, what do they what I, I i i consider him more of a more of a winger but if really if he was a center, i remember him most i remember him mostly with sutter and um well, insert right winger here. He has Lossky and, I, and a couple uh, other guys. Hockey I database. Hockey database lists him as a center. Really? Yeah, but I think. But when he was on when he was on Sutter's line, wasn't wasn't Sutter the center? I no, Sutter so. was Sutter was left wing. I thought. Maybe you're right. I'm gonna have to go back to the Jeff Ponder YouTube channel, and just do some deep dives into '80s Blues games. Yeah, the only way that. to rectify that situation. I'm uh, fairly certain he was mostly a center. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I think that's why a lot uh, of Brian, people overlooked him. Yeah, Brian Sutter lists his left wing, so okay. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, according well, to Hockey DB, so. That, I mean, the Brian uh, Sutter uh, Furco era was uh, coming to an end when I started to become a big huge blues fan so i didn't experience a ton of sutter like a few years yeah well my answer i, I mean officially I, that question is bernie right yeah but yeah i, I, like I can see why Pierre turgeon makes the yeah go ahead what do you got bernie federico okay there you go <laughs> for your vote for best center blues is that what yeah. you said Bill? Yeah, if 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 he's considered yeah, center, I, yeah, yeah, I guess so. That makes sense. I I guess I guess he was he would never put up the numbers in any one season like Oates did, but Oates was not here near long enough. Uh, mm. I mean, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna if, if you're gonna say, oh, he's here what two 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 and a half seasons, if you're gonna uh, say that Gretzky wasn't here long enough, and I he he wasn't, he was here twenty seven games. Um, then what's the line? How long do you have to be here to be considered the greatest blue at that position? I mean, is two and a well, half seasons enough? Bernie, you say Bernie didn't put up the numbers. I mean, he had 400-point seasons. No, I'm, uh, Oates had over 100 assists in a couple seasons. So I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I mean, o I Oates, but I'm just saying, I, 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 I'm just where, saying, where's the mark? What's the benchmark? I'm just, when Oates was here, his seasons were second to none as far as a, a setup man goes granted he had hull on his line but still i mean the numbers are what they are so i mean so okay look at the numbers the two the two full seasons he was here oats uh 90 assists 115 points one year 79 assists 102 points the next uh bernie okay i mean 100 104 points 107 103 102 I mean, to me, the numbers speak more in Bernie's favor. I was if we're thinking, talking about him being a center, I was thinking Oates had uh, 800 assists. 90 was assists not. was the highest he had okay. in St. Louis. Yeah. Well, up here, look uh, now he did have 97 assists with Boston two years after the trade. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, 115 points, 102 points. So yeah, okay. I mean, I was for some reason I was thinking he was over 100, 100 assists. Uh, so okay. That's a different. That's a that's a that's a difference maker. Then I, I I'm I'm I'll 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 go with Bernie. 
if you cracked the 100 uh, assist mark in a season, I'm thinking, or two seasons, I'm like, yeah, oh, you can't, uh, that's hard to ignore, but. Yeah, Bernie, just one of the most elite players that ever played the game, just unfortunately sure. played in an era where he was overshadowed. And they're both ton. Hall of Famers. I mean, Oates and right. Durko, so. Yeah, I mean, you're you're arguing apples and oranges when you're debating between the two. Uh, you're you're arguing Gala apples and uh, uh, Honeycrisp apples. <laughs> oh my God, you go to Eckert's too much. Uh, races fan rocks four says uh, Vancouver uses uh, Holiday by Green Day. Okay, that, so that's that, what you were thinking of. It makes sense. I, I've heard it before somewhere. Yeah, uh, and can't, uh, can't Austin take, Lynch can't go taking someone else's song. Austin Lynch says, hey, how y'all doing? I'm listening while working out tonight, so won't be chatting much. Uh, Austin, what what is it, a leg day? You don't skip leg day. <laughs> yeah, it's leg night. He's a yeah. nighttime workout guy. It's a, that's a, When I'm on the treadmill, it's, it's always late at night. So I hear you. Man, I used to run at like 1030 at night. I can't do that anymore. I used to go out and run, run. like... At like six in the morning, that's the only time I can ever get motivated to do it because oh, I haven't. Well, it's hard to. I get haven't. Yeah. I haven't. Well, I haven't. Like, if I get myself out of bed and start putting on the shoes, I haven't gotten to the point of being uh, awake enough to talk myself out of it. That. So, but after Bill, that, you, I will easily talk myself out of it. Do you uh, do you shave your balls before or after your run? That's a good question. Uh. Typically before. Yeah. All right. Well, Good. well before, you know, like you, night before, weekend you, before. Yeah, I mean, you, you, if I mean, but then again, you shave them before, you might have some sandpaper stuff going on when you're running. The lot of friction. Yeah, it's you, don't not, want, you don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> you had to use that crop duster stuff to, the manscape to stuff to uh, pH balance the area and soften the skin, and everything. <laughs> soften the hair. So you don't get all this feels this feels like a segue. It's not. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's not. not. Yeah, our our, our not, manscape spot yet? isn't for a little bit, no. <laughs> oh, but man. you know, hey, to those who are listening, I, uh, check out manscaped.com for twenty percent off and free shipping with promo code LGB. It would help us out a lot. Thank you very much. I don't think it's weird, Bill, to me for me to ask you about when you shave your balls. That's not weird. I would ask you that without the sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, October twenty first, private, just not on the show. <laughs> October twenty first, nineteen ninety nine, Blues unveil uh, the banner for the old arena in a three to two overtime win versus the Edmonton Oilers uh, on a goal by Jeff Finley, offensive uh, juggernaut Jeff Finley. It was their third straight win on, early in the season, and uh, looking at the old arena logo. It's got the, uh, the arena with uh, an image with a 1929 and 1999 uh, below it and Home of the Blues. And it, they, they they gave out or they – I bet you getting his thing. His yeah, post. and I, I have one around my basement too. I'm there looking it is. for it. Yeah, I, it I have that. So do I. So do I. And <laughs> mine's mine's rolled up. I'm, i got to get it framed. That's a nice frame. Yeah. Mine's this framed. This is actually I got very poorly framed. If I, if I move it over a little bit, you'll see that it actually sticks out the side. I need to get this reframed. <laughs> Yeah, I mind the tube. It was, yeah, that clean out the uh, the parents' house a little bit, and uh, that was one of the gems that I found. Yep. So those on YouTube, uh, Facebook streams can see Bill's picture that we're talking about. You are missing so much, folks, when you're listening to the podcast. I mean, if you tune in live, 
you get to see that. And right now, I am officially holding up a naked picture of Bill Day, and you're missing it. I mean, that's huge. <laughs> and when I say that's huge, <laughs> that, yeah, oh, wow. And oh, uh, I wouldn't say they're missing it, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> And it's and it's hard to see my Marty McFly jacket with uh, on the podcast. So, I back up a little bit and see mm. the arms. That's, that's uh, nice. Kurt, here's an idea. Why don't you just stand in the background the rest of the show, and Bill and I can just handle it. All right, I'll just pose. that way people can see your whole outfit. Yeah, I've got it. Ah, uh, my hoverboard's upstairs. I have a hoverboard uh, that I made. Have you so seen cool. it? Have you seen it, Jeff? I made it. It's I, it's a, I have seen it. It's amazing. You're very proud of it. I am. I, I wouldn't have, uh, if I was uh, not proud of it, I wouldn't have brought it up on the show. Uh, October, mm-hmm. 21st, to the, October 21st, 2003, St. Louis Blues trailed the Edmonton Oilers three to nothing in the first period, but Chris Pronger led the way with three assists as St. Louis Blues, the St. Louis Blues, came back to score five straight goals for a six to four win in Edmonton. Sometimes I read these things as they're tweeted, and on Twitter, you're limited on characters, so there's words that are left out <laughs> that you don't have to leave out when you re- actually read the stuff on the air. <laughs> but, so uh, for, for anyone who wants to see that game, you can hop on over to Jeff Ponder's YouTube page. And uh, I think it might just be the highlights of that game, but I definitely have that game up. Um, you know what? I, uh, I may be wrong. I don't know, but I know that at least the highlights are up so you can actually see that game, which was a great comeback. I, I watched that recently and it's awesome. Did you uh, see the uh, my my message to you, Jeff, about the inquiry you had on the letsgoblues.com forums? Yes, and Jan, if you are listening, he actually emailed me as well, and okay. I'm an awful person and did not get back to him. So, wow. Jan, if for whatever reason you are listening to the show, I have it saved in my inbox. I will pull it up and show Kurt and Bill so they can vouch for me. But I, um, I have it in my inbox. It is sitting right there. It's like my third email, and I just haven't responded yet. So I will get back to you. Let's say tomorrow. I'll get back to you on Thursday. Do you have a Peter Smerick game to? I do not, unfortunately. Um, I'll have to check. I'll have to check his uh, his game log, but I'm fairly certain I don't. He's uh, he's from Slovakia, and he is a huge Smerick fan. Was I liked him. Right, he was a uh, left-hand defenseman, right? Yep. Yeah, I, I, I remember. Uh, I do recall a game where uh, you know they, they were. I think Ken Wilson was kind of joking, you know, making light of the Blues having to use him, and he scored a goal. Um, <laughs> wrist shot from that left point. So he Could played a couple different like seasons with the Blues. Shit. Just a couple if, here and there. I may. So if if anybody out there has, I may have one. If anybody out there has a video or a game footage of uh, Peter Smerick, uh, S M R E K, uh, from back in the day, uh, let us know, or, or go to letsgoblues.com forums and uh, reply to his his post um, with what you have, and maybe you can work something out, put it up on YouTube or something, because um, he is a seems like a very nice fan and just just wants to watch video of his favorite player. And he's having a hard time. So don't blame him. Yep. October 21st, 2003, the St. Louis Blues trailed the. I just read that one. Uh, October 21st, 2011, uh, Jason Arnott scored his in his third straight game, a home game to start the season. And uh, Matt D'Agostini 
uh, blast in the past, uh, scored at 358 of overtime to give the Blues a 3-2 comeback victory over the visiting Carolina Hurricanes. Um, I liked D'Agostini a lot, probably more than most people when he was here. I thought I, I, I just something about him liked him. I want to say, was it D'Agostini? I think D'Agostini reminded me of Demetra Scott Young. Scott Young. Scott Young, who's D'Agostini reminded me of. Okay, I think I want to say the the way maybe it wasn't somebody else. I think I'm thinking of somebody maybe else. Maybe Yuri Himalev. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, rapid fire tidbits from around the NHL. Uh, this this one is interesting. So, uh, and I thought we'd talk about it since uh, there's honestly not a ton of Blues news to talk about. We have got a few things we can touch on, but um, but the, the the news around the NHL is a little bit more uh, topical, I guess, right now. So, um, some USA Hockey made a tweet. Uh, that said about it's about girls hockey. It said it was pretty simple, straightforward. Look good, feel good, play good, and uh, clapping hands, and hashtag girls hockey. And it's got a little girl, cute little girl, probably I don't know what eight or nine years old, um, and she's in a pink jersey. Looks like she's uh, she's suited up. Looks like she's suited up or getting ready to suit up, and she's uh, getting ready to play. She has shoulder pads on. And she's like on the on the like in the lobby or something, and she's putting lip gloss on. And boy, people got upset about. It. Some people got upset about this. A lot of people got upset about this. And um, they were ticked about saying that showing showing girls in makeup or putting on makeup before playing sports, and quote looking cute is sexist or degrading, or is pushing the woman's movement back, or something. That's 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 the 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 direction that a lot of people are going. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sensitive to all the, the things that people are, uh, are you know, pushing nowadays with, um, you know, wanting people to respect and uh, others and not demean and whatnot. I, I get that completely. I, I do. But I, I think this is one of those particular cases. And if you guys disagree, feel free to say so. But I, I this, I, I think this is just a, 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 they're looking for something that's not there. They're reading between the lines on this thing. I, uh, one of the tweets was, uh, the response was, I'm a dad of three kids who all play hockey. Two of them are girls. I can't in my right mind fathom why having a young girl putting on lipstick would be an appropriate image to connect to hockey. That type of sexist messaging needs to go away. And that was the general theme of so many people that were responding to this tweet. And I'm like, I don't get it. I, I, well, I, uh, apparently, people are saying that, she, that that have responded that know her, and Jeff pointed this out too, that she's always... She plays a lot of hockey. She's decked out in pink a lot all the time and enjoys wearing makeup for games. And USA Hockey was supporting her, made a whimsical tweet saying, yeah, you go, girl. Look good, feel good, play good. I thought it was a fantastic tweet. I thought there's nothing sexist about it. They're supporting her in however she wants to play hockey. It's She can do whatever she wants. It's the opposite of sexism. It's, it's supporting this girl and what she's doing. Um, they aren't making any claims that the people are claiming they are uh, that, you know, you have to wear makeup to play this way or girls should wear makeup or, or, you know, whatever. Uh, they're not trying to stereotype. I don't think anyone who says that this is a sexist tweet. I don't know. I think it's trying to read between the lines uh, on this stuff and fill in the blanks with their own kind of agenda here. I, I, I would love to get to, to, you know what? Maybe I, I might actually do that. Uh, Cause I do have some contacts with USA hockey. Um, 
I'd love to ask them if that picture was sent to them or if they took it. Because I'm going yeah. to guess it was sent to them. Because, yeah, I think so. Again, from what I read from people who say they knew this girl, that that's what she does. She wears a pink jersey for like the learn to play or whatever she's in. And I'm sure that she was probably doing that one day, putting it on, and the dad or mom, you know, potentially was like, I'm going to get a picture of this and then maybe post it on social media and tagged USA Hockey. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But I doubt this was a photo shoot by no. USA Hockey. No. And that's that's what makes it odd because, again, I used to work with USA Hockey in uh, my full-time job back in the day. And I'll admit most of their social media stuff was of what people sent them. They didn't go out in the field and take pictures and say, oh, we're going to have a photo shoot and do this, this, and this. It was, we got this great content from this guy in Colorado. Let's use this if he's okay with it and post it on our Twitter page. So that's probably what happened, which to me really says, if you know the background of USA Hockey, that this is not a sexist thing. This was something they were just sharing that they received. Um, And I'll add, too, I follow uh, a lot of the NWHL players and I've seen posts like this before. There, I can't remember her name, but there is a. Um, I'll have to look her up because she is she's awesome. Uh, she's on Instagram, and she's a goalie. Um, and she posts pictures where she like gets her hair done and like gets makeup on, and she goes on the rink, and somebody takes some really cool pictures of her like making saves with her mask off, and it's really cool. And I think it it helps promote female hockey. Um, and, and yeah, and so I'm, I'm all for it. And I was, I don't want to say I was shocked to see the reaction because I'm not shocked by anything like that nowadays. I was but annoyed. I'm with you, Kurt. I, th- I think it was, I think it was a little overblown. I was annoyed by the reaction. That's, that's my, I, I, I cause I, I just, it was one of those things. I thought people were just, just making a big deal out of nothing that, you know, trying to find outrage at something that's not there. I saw a lot of people posting pictures of their daughters uh, or, or women playing hockey, apparently not wearing makeup or whatever, and saying in the tweet, here, we fixed it for you in response to USA Hockey. What the hell does that mean? I, 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 I don't get that. Right. I, you know, I agree with you, you know, the comments that you guys are making you know, in terms of, you know, if, if this was a USA hockey photo shoot, if, if this is, you know, some, somebody that, you know, doesn't typically dress like this and, you know, doesn't put on makeup when she's playing hockey, that's, that is a bad bad idea to promote that out there but you know reading you know reading through the tweets you know i saw somebody post that you know they are their daughter plays in the same league with this girl and Mm -hmm. she she wears pink she wears you know that's that's who she is let her be her you know maybe usa hockey can you know keep you know use this as you know uh, one one tweet to promote female hockey i i'll tell you i don't follow usa hockey on twitter but this can be one tweet there can be other tweets let the kids be the kids right promote it grow the game but you know i i don't think that this necessarily yeah i i didn't you know i'm not shocked like jeff said by the outrage because that's just what twitter is Twitter's there to be outraged by everything. Um, but 
you know, this girl, I, if this is who she is. A lot of, and a great. lot of, just play it. I, I agree. A lot of professional female athletes wear makeup for games. And who cares? I mean, if they want to, great. If they don't want to, great. If this little girl is playing hockey and wants to put on makeup and, and look a certain way when she plays, great. And if USA Hockey wants to say, you go, you be you, and you do what you want to do, look good, feel good, play good, you know. And and I think a lot of people were saying, oh, well, you the, the what the USA Hockey said, look good, feel good, play good, meaning, oh, well, women that play hockey are supposed to look good when they play. And if that's the route they're going, it's, it's absurd. You know, it's a little girl who wants to wear makeup when she plays and USA hockey is just supporting that idea of her individually. I don't think they're making that a broad statement for all girls that they need to go out there. And when you play, you need to look good when you play who, who goes down that road. Why would you read that into that tweet? Look good, feel good, play good. That's a, that's a common Right, that's a common whimsical thing to say. Hey, look good, play good, look good, feel good, whatever. It's not. There's no. It's just weird. I, I, the people would. I, I don't know. Whatever. And I'll add that uh, I mentioned the goalie on Instagram. Um, she's uh, she apparently plays for the Blue Water Hawks of the Provincial Women's Hockey League. Uh, her name is Michaela Demater, uh, and she's from Chatham, Ontario. Uh, now, I will say, if you look at her page, she she does post some bikini pics and stuff. You know, it's Instagram. That's what a lot of people do. Um, but, you know, there's some great females that post stuff like that all the time. I mean, I follow um, Madison and Anya Packer from the NWHL, and I don't think they've ever posted anything like that. But, I mean, they post pictures of them, like, with their kid and, and like, you know, going out on the rink with no helmet on. I mean, they – they're promoting women's hockey. And I feel like that's exactly what USA hockey was doing with this tweet. They were right. promoting. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do, how you want to look. Hockey literally is for everyone. So do what you want to do before you get on the rink. You want to look good. You want to feel good. You want to play good. That's up. That's your call. You, you do you. And I think if it was at some kind of a photo shoot or a USA hockey sanctioned event, they would have tagged that or mentioned that or something. It was right. so that's that leads me to believe it was just sent to them or something. Uh, our arch rival Chicago Blackhawks officially told their fans they, they need to buckle up for a rebuild. Uh, in short, they are they going to suck for a while? So uh, the they released a memo to uh, all Blackhawk fans uh, saying goodbye to a pair of popular two-time champions and acquired some new players via trades and free agency. Um, we understand how, how we understand it was tough to see those respective veterans go and realize you may have some questions about our direction. We'd like to address that direction and share why we're hopeful for the future of Blackhawks hockey. And they just talk about basically going to a rebuild. And uh, it's interesting that they put this out there for the fans uh, to and as like as a, a, a method of transparency and being transparent with the fans, of what they're doing and what their you know, their mindset is right now. But they didn't feel they need to share that information with Jonathan Taze before they <laughs> went this direction because he came out as really upset uh, that they uh, didn't uh, discuss with him uh, their their future for the franchise and, and a rebuild. So it makes you wonder if he. I mean, he said he, he said publicly, "I want to stay a Blackhawk," but those comments kind of make you wonder. Oh, maybe he's going to want to leave um, and not be part of a rebuild. Him and Kane. Yeah. 
And uh, same thing with Kane. I mean, I know Kane mm-hmm. hasn't said much, but uh, you got to think that those two guys, I mean, they came in the NHL and it was turnaround time for Chicago. And they instantly turned that organization around, won three cups. All they knew was winning in Chicago until the Blues knocked them out of the playoffs. And it was, um, you know, yep. many years of disappointment. But uh, it's crazy. It's years. This has been years in the making. I'm surprised this kind of thing wasn't done two, three years ago. I feel like they are way behind on their rebuild that when they got swept out by Nashville, was it Nashville? Yeah. Nashville. Yep. Yep. The next year after the blues beat them and then they didn't make the playoffs. That was when they should have said, Mm -hmm. okay, rebuild time. Let's start doing what we can do. Uh, But they still kept signing free agents and still kept bringing in veterans and bringing back Brandon Saad. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, you know, they were quoted in the, in the, the press release or whatever it was. We want more than another window to win. We want to reach the summit and stay there. Good luck with Mm -hmm. that. Uh, I mean, to, to basically to win a cup and never stop winning cups. I, I get, I get, (laughs) I get the, uh, the idea. But uh, to reach the summit of winning a cup and stay there, okay. This coming from a team that traded away Panarin, so yeah, right. To bring Brad, bring right. back, bring back Brandon Saad, right. Um, I didn't. So like, I was glad he was out of the division, but that was a dumb yeah. thing for Chicago to do. Dumb. Really. So a lot of questions, you know, from from me on on this. Um, <clears throat> How are you going to let Stan Bowman be the architect of the rebuild when he's the guy that ran the ship ashore, right? This is just, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. Um, you know, I think timing-wise, I, I think they're, um, you know, they they probably feel like as an organization they've got some goodwill built up uh, with, uh, you know, their little display of the, you know, that you know, they they were pretty damn competitive in the playoffs. Um, you know, that, that they made by virtue of being the 12th seed. And that was where the cut line was. Um, so they probably had, you know, like I said, felt like they had a little bit of goodwill built up with the fan base and decided now's the time to announce the, uh, the rebuild. How do you rebuild with two guys making $26 million or whatever, whatever the combined cap hit 21, 21, they both make 10 and a half each. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Crow's gone, Sod's gone, but uh, Duncan Keith, um, did Seabrook retire? Or hi, Jeff. Were you, oh, you weren't waiting at me. <laughs> no, I was trying to fix. You're my a little camera. blurry. Yeah, you're a little blurry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, but you know, I I was taking a look at cat friendly, but I just I don't know. It, it, it's suspect. Um, there, it, it's such a a weird you know weird idea that you're going to rebuild with two generational talents you know that are yeah you know you probably could move them so maybe that happens in the next couple of years they're still relevant enough and good enough definitely kane um sure most teams in the league would try to find a way to land him but i don't know when did when did the uh, Ronick leave Chicago? Was it uh, when they were because uh, they they struggled from the late nineties to the late O's, you know, from like ninety seven ninety seven because they 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 yeah. went through a rebuild where they were terrible uh, and for ten years they were bad. 
Um, right. And, they made the playoffs because what, they both had. It, yeah, I, 0, 2, they 0, made the playoffs and won two three. Yep. Yeah. Well, they didn't sweep them out. They won one game. They the mm, Blackhawks yeah. won 1 one oh two. The playoffs. That was yeah. only yeah. That's year. right. It was, it was the Brent Johnson shutout yeah. streak. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, the the Tyler Arneson and um, uh, can't even remember the other uh, other people on the Hawks then that were were supposed to be there. There. So um, you know, the pieces they were rebuilding around. Yeah, and, and so I mean, the, the, I guess shipping out players like Ronick. Um, I'm not sure when Chelios left the Hawks. I, I'm drawing a blank, but you know they they I mean they shipped out Ronick. players. Ronick was traded August sixteenth, nineteen ninety six. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so losing Ronick, losing uh, 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 Chelios, Chelios. Um, that and, and so they they shipped out players that were, you know, and they went into a rebuild or whatever. And they, it was it was ten they, years. It was a bad. Belfour. They traded Belfour. Chelios yeah, March twenty third, nineteen ninety nine. Okay, so that was early on during their. Their suckage, they and which is now. I mean, they have that opportunity now to move Taze or Kane, if they want. Um, I guess if if they'll, but I, they probably have no trade clauses. I don't, I don't have cap friendly up, but uh, but they've done this in the past, and they had ten years of of bad hockey, and then they came out of that that ten years, and they won three cups in six. So I assume and that's what their reference. game plan is going to be this time. Belfort traded January twenty fifth, nineteen ninety seven to. Yeah. Dallas. No. 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 Uh where'd he go? Where'd he Come go? Come on. He was only there for what three months? Then he signed in San Dallas. Jose. San Jose. Oh yeah, that's right. Isn't that weird <laughs> to remember Ed Belfort? I remember a hockey news cover because I, I this was before the internet. So I remember looking and seeing a hockey news cover of him in a Sharks jersey. And I got it in the mail, and I remember I looked at my dad, and I go, Dad, what the hell is this? And he was like, what? And I go, why is he wearing a Sharks jersey? And he's like, he was traded there like two weeks ago. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, that's so weird. And then he went on to Dallas just a couple months later. Yeah. But anyway, no, so, it is, it's odd. Yeah. In the late 90s, the, the Hawks unloaded some some iconic names in Chicago, so... Uh, they've done it before. Uh, I would not be shocked if in the next year or two they move Taze or Kane. Because really, in in three or four years, if or five years, when they expect to be better, um, what's left on their contracts? They're, they, they got a few years left on their contract? They're going to be done. So I guess, I don't know. I, I, we'll see. Uh, 74-year-old Mike Doc Emmerich retires. So he began his broadcasting career in 1973 when he became the radio play-by-play voice of the Port Huron Flags <laughs> in the International Hockey League. He was named Doc after he'd earned a Ph.D. in communications from Bowling Green University in 1976. He became the play-by-play voice of the Devils in 1982, where he spent a large chunk of his career. After 2011, he called national games for NBC Sports, CBS, ABC, TNT, ESPN, and Fox Sports, among others. Uh, do you guys have a favorite Doc Emmerich call? And and where does he rank amongst the uh, all-time great uh, broadcasters for you? So I think uh, we can all agree on the favorite Doc Emmerich call, right? No. He called the Blues winning the Stanley Cup. I know, but I know, but that's not my favorite. 
What's your favorite? Um, you can guess my favorite. Maybe you can't. Mine, I I oh, think I like no? the uh, the remarkable save by Bennington. Um, uh, that's good. On uh, Nordstrom, that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, my goodness. You know, <laughs> uh, well, that's a good tagline. Like that, that's right. a good you know comeback. Is that is that your favorite? My goodness. No, no. My favorite actual game moment of his is. Uh, Janney's overtime goal in game four versus the Hawks. Oh, that was him. Yeah. That was him. Yeah, that was, that was, I, I love that call. And that, and for the longest time, because that for me, the longest time, that was my favorite Blues game ever. I was at that game. Uh, I recorded that game because I wanted to watch it later when I came home if they lose a one. And they did. And so I watched the crap out of that game. And, and I, it's, it's a, it's a fantastic call. Um, and I just, I, I, it's, it's more, maybe it's more nostalgic for me too, because that was 93 and that was like in the heyday of my, my craziness of being a blues fan. So, um, I'm going to watch that right now. Yeah. Um, another good one, uh, non blues related, uh, is actually just this past, uh, well, whenever quarantine was, I guess that was like April ish. Um, NHL network, uh, replayed. Uh, Martin Brodeur's record-breaking win that um, gives him the win record for uh, regular season. And obviously, Doc Emmerich was on that call because that was a Devils game. And um, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I mean, it was clear he kind of had an idea of what he was going to say after the win. And he just, he had a great speech afterward about how great Martin Brodeur is. So that's got to be up there. Um and honestly, like you put this in our notes, Kurt, you know, what, do you have a favorite Doc Emmerich call? My answer honestly is no. I mean, yes, the Stanley Cup call is something, but, um, you know, it's it's just that I just, I'm going to miss hit the Doc Emmerichisms. I'm going to miss the the knifed, yeah. the catawampus, waffle the, boarded. the all, a waffle yeah. boarded. I mean, all the crazy shit that we heard when he called games and fed one he in was front. Just a, he was a human thesaurus, and he just would get so excited. Oh, shot it like, off the post. Yeah. I mean, just some pipe. of the stuff he did was just some of the best calls I've heard. And, and you asked among the all-time greats. I mean, from what I've heard, he is probably my favorite hockey announcer of all time. I mean, you got to take into consider consideration my age. I didn't hear a lot of Dan Kelly, um, but I mean, he's up there for me. I mean, he's, he's gotta be top five in my opinion. Yeah. And if you saw John Kelly said Emmerich's on his Mount Rushmore, mm -hmm. um, next to his dad and Foster Hewitt and, uh, forget who oh, the yeah. other was. Um, but yeah, the, that's that's some high praise coming from the son of right. arguably the greatest hockey play-by-play -play caller of all time. You know who I liked a lot? Um, Gary Thorne. I liked him doing, yes. doing hockey games. Yes. I thought Gary Thorne was fantastic on ESPN back when they had games. Mm -hmm. I liked him. Great at calling games, but terrible at getting players right. Mm -hmm. That was that was my, my biggest beef with Gary Thorne. Um, you know, Pavel Dimitra could score a goal, and he'd say it was Craig Janney, or uh, I'm sorry, Craig Conroy. <laughs> I don't call that. Like, different numbers, different uh, different shot. You know, 
Demetrius lefty, kind of was a righty. Um, who did, yeah. Who did Gary Thorne? He did call, uh, play by play for a team. Who was that? Uh, which team was it? Well, he did it for, I mean, he's doing it now, right? For baseball. Is he doing the Orioles? Right. The Baltimore Orioles. Right. Yeah. Maybe I'm getting that. Maybe I'm getting that. I thought he did an NHL team yeah. for a while. I don't. I don't remember if he did or not. I, I know you know he was awesome with uh, Bill Clement when they were yeah. partnered together on ESPN. I enjoyed hard that to deal. beat that. That that him calling that uh, the Rangers ninety four game seven. Uh, that it's one of my like. I can watch that game at any point. Like I I didn't have much of a rooting interest, but man, he got me excited about those Rangers. <laughs> and uh, I, I can watch that game. Like, you know, at, at about, any point, I will sit down and watch that. Where we, where we talk, at, talk uh, about Gary game... Thorne? How about, hold, how about, where, 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 where you, you were at Oak Hill with me, speaking of the Rangers, Bill, uh, mm-hmm. right? Watching game, the game seven against the Canucks? It was after one of our games, I think. Because we were um, up in the lobby. I, Some of the team was up in the lobby, and I was one of them. We we're at the bar watching game seven, and, uh, uh, and watch and watch them win the cup there. I'm not, I thought you, I thought you were there. Maybe not. Yeah, I I probably was. Okay. I I have I have a VHS of that game out in the garage that uh, hmm. um, I've I've probably I don't know. It's probably worthless at this point because I've watched it so many times. Um, Give it yeah. to me and I'll upload it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be we will be cleaning out the uh, the garage soon, and I'll I'll have a a bunch of gems for you. Nice. Awesome. Um, no, I was going to say, talking about Gary Thorne, um, my favorite call from him, one of my favorite hockey calls of all time is, after 22 years, Raymond Bork! <laughs> yeah. That's a that's just he, the way he did that was yeah. just perfect. Do you know what rubs me wrong yeah. about, about Bork winning the Cup that year, though? I was a Bork fan, but what rubbed me wrong was that was the year the, the Avalanche beat the Blues in the conference final. And uh, that, yeah, and, and that, so I was, I, and the way I operate, I'm always bitter against the team that knocks the Blues out and I can't root for them. So I just, and I was not, I was kind of torn. I wanted to see Bork win, but I really didn't want to see Colorado I, win. I didn't want to see him win because, I mean, one, I hated Boston. So I didn't want to see any kind of celebration from Boston whatsoever. Um, and two, I thought Raymond Borg got away with murder in those playoffs because he was getting beat left and right because, you know, he's an older man at that point. And, you know, he was hooking, slashing, and referees just let him get away with everything because he was Ray Bork and he was going after the cup. So that that was one year where I was like, I rooted for him up until that point. But when I saw him lift the cup, it was a completely different situation because it was nice to see a guy actually be able to go out on top. I think the the I think Patrick Waugh almost single handedly beat the Blues in that series. He was amazing. That was some of the best goaltending I've I've seen the Blues face in the playoffs was that series against Patrick Waugh. And, and some of the most inconsistent and frustrating goaltending I've seen was Turek in that series. Um, he was yeah. so I, lights out against I, Dallas. Yeah. So lights out. Yeah. He had an axe to grind against Dallas, but yeah, the moment I knew we were losing that series was Sackick scoring the penalty shot goal in game two, was it? Was game one? Room in, yeah, it might have been game one. I was watching from a hotel room in New Orleans, and I knew at that point, uh, yeah, we don't have well, the talent. And he also badly misplayed a puck. Uh, he, I, I want to say he tried to cover it and didn't or something, and he... 
I don't know, and, and it was a, like a rebound against a bad goal against. It was a, not, a, not a series of those kinds of things just went against him in the in that do playoffs. You, Bill, do you remember why Sackick had that penalty shot? Um, McKinnis hooking him on a breakaway? No. 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 Roman Turek threw his stick. Oh, that's right. And That's and he great. said after the game, they interviewed him, and they said, why did you throw your stick? And he said, I didn't know I couldn't throw my stick. Oh, is that right? And it was like, what? How do you not <laughs> I, know that? I, I've known that forever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't play goal. Oh, I remember when I read that, I, I instantly just said, bench him. I don't care. Brent Johnson sucks. But what? at least he's an intelligent man. Put him in that. Well, didn't Johnson oh, play so game mad. seven? Like game game uh, five. Game five. I thought he okay. I thought he played the last game of the series. Game six. That no? was game five. No, it was the last four games of two, wasn't it? No, it was four to one. Oh, you're right. They only yes. won game three. That's right. In uh, like double right. overtime. That's right. Like three games went overtime, something like that. I think three out of the five. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was. I thought the series was a lot closer. They lost like 20 seconds into the uh, overtime because yeah. Pierre Turgeon got a penalty leading into that overtime. He tripped at him foot because he got pissed at him. I remember way too much about that series because I've said this before. That was the year I was like, this team is going to actually win the cup. And when they didn't win, that was when I was like, this team is never going to win the mm. cup. And I never believed they would. I remember that series uh, kind of vividly just because I was moving into a new house right during that series. And so we had boxes and stuff out, and I had a TV set up, a small TV in the living room on boxes that I was watching the game, like on the floor, uh, a couple of those games. Uh, Richard Lemons in the Facebook chat says, did I miss you guys talk about neighbors? No, we are uh, really taking our time getting through uh, yeah, we are. NHL tidbits <laughs> because there's not a lot of blues news to talk about. So we figure we'll spend more time on this kind of stuff. Uh, we, Thor- we will get to neighbors. So stay yeah, tuned in a, in a few minutes here. Uh, Joe Thornton signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So he's uh, out of the Western conference uh, ending a 15 year career in San Jose after playing eight years in Boston. I mean, a 15-year career for any player is long. And then for him to that, – that was after eight years in Boston. Eight year, an eight-year career for a lot of players is long. And he played eight in Boston and 15 in San Jose, and he's going to play in Toronto probably one more year, right, I guess? It has to be, right? He's quoted as yeah. saying, I need to win a Stanley Cup. Thornton said during a video call on Sunday morning via TSN, and I think this is a great team that can do that. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I, the Leafs are trying, but it's funny because the Leafs are synonymous with postseason failure and disappointment. <laughs> did you did you see the the funny fake quote that was going around? That's a kind of a new thing for anyone who may be not familiar with all social media. Yeah. It's like when a player does something, there's like a fake quote that starts going around of something they said. And, and one of my favorites was, uh, it was, it was this past one with Joe Thornton, and it said, uh, um, come on, I'm 42 years old. I can't play past the first round. <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe Thornton, probably. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Thornton, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be expected to play past the first round. <laughs> um, you know, you know, and I'm I'm all for it. I mean, if you are having people willing to give you money to play hockey well into your forties, good for you, man. Keep yeah. going. And but it's just for me, he is I mean, we said this. 
uh, when they played the Blues in uh, uh, 20, was that 16? When they went to the third round, we were like, man, Joe Thornton looks slow. And they played him again in 2019. We were like, holy shit, that dude's a dinosaur. Yeah. And now you're expecting him to play with one of the fastest teams in the NHL. I, Did, I get it. I mean, again, if he's if he's still got it and they think he can provide something, then all for it. Sign the guy. But, I mean, does he really help the Maple Leafs that much? Did you even uh, on a fourth line? Did you see uh, the picture of him after he shaved his beard? Yes. He yeah, he shaved uh, during the uh, coronavirus, the quarantine, uh, during the pause. He looked 20 years younger after shaving his beard. Yeah. It was insane. He looks like he looks 70 <laughs> with his beard. He looks really old. Um, he does. How many homeless people do they find when <laughs> he shaved it off? <laughs> oh my God! I, I, I mean, I, I guess I mean, if you like the beard, you like the beard. But man, the, I, I, it's it's an epic beard as far as NHL goes. But man, if you're trying, I mean, I guess he doesn't care about looking younger, which is fine. But uh, yeah, he looks substantially younger than when he shaves his beard. There's plenty of time, and you'll have to look old. You when you're old. You might as well look young when you can. I don't know. Yeah, like me. I, I mean, I, think... I feel like I'm 17, right? Sure, yeah. You do definitely today, Kurt. <laughs> Thank you, yes. <laughs> 1985. That's right. Uh, yeah, I was just oh, going to say on the Thornton thing real quick. Um, you know, I, I, to me, it feels like, you know, a, a lot of the uh, – uh, you know, the, the Canadian media who, who kind of had their heyday during, you know, Thornton's very long career um, are, uh, are super happy to see him coming home. Um, you know, I, I know uh, it seems like Pierre Lebrun uh, has, has always been a, a big, uh, big fan of Thornton and uh, I'm sure he's excited to see this happening. Um, and I, you know, Don Cherry's super excited that all oh, good, good Ontario boy, coming home um so you know I, maybe maybe it's a you know a, a fitting end to to his career for him to uh you know feel that playoff disappointment you know in the you know center of the hockey Although, universe that feels playoff disappointment you know what would be really awesome though to to be 100% and, that, and this is coming from the Joe Thornton fan of the panel um if they do end up playing Boston again this year and they go to game seven overtime and Joe Thornton scores the game winner against Boston. That would be fantastic. I'd love to see it. That would be amazing. I doubt he gets any time in overtime in a game seven. Right. <laughs> Unless it's like Walker. the seventh overtime and everybody else is <laughs> yeah. dead. Joe, you haven't played in seven in six overtimes. We're gonna stick you out there. I'm trying to think of any player that I wouldn't want to score on Boston in overtime in Game Seven in the playoffs. Like, I, I, there are a number of players I dislike in the NHL, but I'm trying to think of a player I would not want. Like, okay, I'd root for Boston instead of this player scoring on them in overtime in Game Seven. I, there, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Uh... It depends on if he's still with the Blackhawks. If he's still with the Blackhawks, then yes, I agree. Yeah, if he's traded somewhere else, he's one of the few. I would probably still Jimmy be ben. like, go ahead, Kane. 
Oh, Jamie, I, you're talking to a Jamie Ben fan here. Look at you liking Thornton, liking Ben. You like all the yes. guys the Blues I, fans I, hate. <laughs> I liked Thornton until the Piranha incident. Yeah. That 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 was Man. the end of it for me. That that was so just you know to to almost ruin a guy's life forever um, with a dirty cheap sh- chicken shit hit. Uh, I then, obviously and, haven't gotten over it. And you know what though? You must and, hate Dale Hunter. It's it's not even so. Oh my God! It's, it's not even so much the 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 hit. I, it's the hit, okay? But it's the denial afterwards and saying that prom was faking it and that whole like, deny his deniability at, he, he wouldn't take ownership of it at all and he was and he was accusing prana of faking for a year <laughs> i mean come yeah. on that that that, that, that combined the with the hit was that, like that was that was that, that made see, me hate I, the man. i will again say i i'm not gonna argue the hit because a year before that that was a legal hit so I know that you can disagree all you want, but it's true. He wouldn't have even been talked about a suspension a year before that. Yeah, but, but that, the denial but, afterward, but it, but it that wasn't a, bullshit. I agree it, with you. But it was illegal at the time he made it, so he knew it. He knew that. Yeah, but I'm just saying the rules had just changed before that hit, so players were still adapting. Yeah, he still hit him in the head. <laughs> even even before even before the rule change, uh, hitting a player in the head. I mean, yeah, you're not gonna. You, if you didn't leave with your elbow, it was fine to hit a player in the head, but uh, but still, that's if you're targeting people's heads, eh, you're. I mean, that's you're still. So you saying you do not like Scott Stevens? I, I knew you were gonna bring it up. I'm not saying I don't like him. I'm saying that he was vicious on the ice um, yeah. and didn't care. This could be predatory. Yeah, and he didn't care if he was hitting the guys. And you you have to know, I mean, whether the, you're allowed to or not, you hit a player in the head, that's 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 dangerous. Um, even though, you know, if you didn't leave with your elbow, that was the thing that was always said by announcers too. Whenever somebody got hit in the head, let's see, oh, his elbow was down, clean hit. doesn't matter if he hit him, if he tried to hit him in the head with the shoulder, you know, or the side, or whatever. It didn't matter because it was a clean hit, um, which is – Knowing what we know now was just such a stupid way to to approach things, but we didn't know any better. So, um, but I, but still, I think, but like you said, Bill, it, 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 legal or not, um, it's and you can still label as predatory, which Stevens was. I mean, I mean that's why he was. I mean, that's why he's a Hall of Famer from I mean, for he's known for predatory hits. Which I wonder how Stevens would would fare today. Still a great player, I'm sure. But you take away his his huge hits like that, and many of which were to the head. You gotta wonder how he would be. Would he be a Hall of Famer today without with the new rules? That's a good topic for another show. He really is. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I'm telling you, you better be prepared because when I yank it out, everybody in that audience, with the exception of my wife, is gonna be running for the exits. Autumn is in the air, and Manscaped is here to ensure you don't carve your pumpkins while grooming. And by pumpkins, we actually mean your boys downstairs. In fact, Manscaped is on a mission to change the way you approach caring for your balls. And great news, they just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code LGB. Make your balls a priority this fall. Uh, sorry for the uh, kung fu uh, lip syncing there to that uh, promo. <laughs> um, Again, if you're not podcasting, you're missing so much hilarity here. 
<laughs> or if you are podcasting, Kung you're Fu missing theater. the live stuff. Yeah, Kung Fu yeah. Theater. Um, so uh, uh, Manscaped, is no secret uh, that we've been talking about Manscaped a lot on the show the past few weeks. Um, uh, they're the new sponsor for the show. Uh, fantastic sponsor. Please check them out, Lan- uh, Man- Manscaped.com, and uh, use the uh, promo code LGB for uh, free shipping and 20% off. Uh, your order um some of their products are they've got the, uh, a new weed whacker which is an ear and nose hair trimmer uh uses uh skin safe technology um and that's in addition to their their lawnmower 3.0 which i think is their best selling device i could I'm, I'm i'm making that up i'm sure it is um it, it which is their trimmer and offers a replaceable ceramic blade uh with uh, advanced skin safe technology uh which helps reduce grooming accidents and when you're shaving below the belt, uh, you definitely want to reduce accidents. They have stuff like uh, the Crop Preserver, which is a ball deodorant. It's called the Crop Care Kit. They have a Crop Cleanser, which is body wash, a full body wash that you can use uh, uh, in your hair, uh, on your body. Um, ball wipes. They have some ball wipes. You never know when an opportunity strikes, so you should uh, always be prepared with some ball wipes, um, which I have not used the ball wipes. I've used other products of theirs. I've not used those. Have you guys used the ball wipes? No. I, <laughs> I Bill, go ahead and answer. I'm guessing you haven't. Um, when, <laughs> no. when I was when not I was yet. over last night, yeah. and I didn't see them on your nightstand, so I figured it was okay uh, just to assume you didn't. Uh, but um, <laughs> um, I just wanted to add that uh, they sent us some uh, underwear and a T-shirt. And I saw somebody tweet this, actually. Uh, somebody that doesn't even follow our show. Somebody tweet to Manscaped recently that the underwear is the most comfortable underwear they've ever owned. And I 100% agree with that. Um, I only wear the boxer briefs. I only wear, uh, especially when I play hockey, it's just, it's the most comfortable thing. It's, mm-hmm. you know, stops the chafing and all that. I don't know what they're using, and, and it probably says it on the tag, but... I don't know what they're using in their boxer briefs that I'm not getting in my other boxer briefs, but they are the most comfortable pair of underwear I've ever put on. And again, we say this all the time that we're not just saying this because they're our sponsor. We're allowing them to be our sponsor because we believe in their product. And that is exactly how I feel about that underwear. It is the most comfortable pair of underwear, whether you play hockey or not. It's something that, that, that hugs your body in a way that is so comfortable and it just makes you feel so good when you have them on. It hugs your body like few others do. Uh, True. The, <laughs> now, I, I said this a couple weeks ago that the, the boxers and how comfortable they were. It's, I, I, and I, you know, I, whatever, you get boxer briefs, you, 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 okay, you get them, cool, you put them on, you're like, oh, yeah, you can tell the difference between a good pair and a, and a and they ain't Hanes. No, they're, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's in them. Now, what they do to make them that comfortable, they are. Yeah, if you don't believe us, uh, you know, get there. They got packages on their site with uh, uh, shirt, boxers, and some other products, uh, which makes a great Christmas gift or, hell, treat yourself. Um, but uh, you, you just try them. Yeah, it's hard. It's Kurt, hard. Kurt, you can only you say said, how. You said you can, that wrong. You can it's only, treat yourself. Treat yourself. You can only mm-hmm. convey to some to a certain degree how comfortable something is on the air, but until you, just, you know, try it. Believe us. Believe you me. Uh, and all There's the- a time that we probably would have had a Manscaped Boxers episode. Uh, you know, where the three of us just did that. But I don't know. I feel like that's been done kind of before. I would uh, gladly do that we'll do next it. week. 
And you know what? I'll do it next week. I'll say this about and even something as um, maybe insignificant uh, as the packaging is is a high quality package. So open that up real quick, Kurt. Um, There's uh, instructions that are just, I mean, dummy proof right there. Um, No, I was going to say it's on the box, right? Oh. Like you open it up, it's on the inside flap, I think. Nope. Wait, no, I am wrong. You um, no. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. One page, Ginger. Yeah. You're right. There's a. It's a flap. Yeah. There you go. I'll hold it up to the camera. Yeah, there it yeah, is. There it is. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, and it's just it's so easy because you get this kind of thing and you think, okay, what do I do to make sure I don't nick myself up? Whether it's you know down <laughs> below or your chest or whatever, you don't want to deal with that. And so the dummy proof instructions are so great because they just tell you, step one. Do this. Step two, shave this way. Step three, do this, and you're done. I mean, it's and it's you. You uh, Kurt's holding it up there in the video. The race. Slow and steady wins the race is what it says. Yeah, it's like it's like eight words in instructions, and it's perfect. It's hieroglyphics. There's a you know charge shaver. Step two, it's got a do this, don't do that, (laughs) and then and then four is basically enjoy. So that was yeah. It's it's. I mean it's. Uh, you're a guy. We all use shavers. I mean, electric shavers uh, at some point. So, um, yeah, it's and it's a it's a good quality uh, product. I'm not gonna um, sugarcoat it. So, uh, again, Kurt, 20- uh, real quick, your uh, your brother in the chat says, "I see a gift basket family exchange for Christmas. I think that's a wonderful idea, Keith Price." Well, we gotta get that. Uh, we gotta get that going. Um, we do do. Um, basket exchanges exchanges with the families and whatnot at christmas to uh, every so often in christmas so um maybe that's a thing make it happen keith tired of being the organizer in this family <laughs> i want to know how the, I, I want to know how this this basket exchange works like do do the women folk get to pick or oh, like is I'm it random sure. or or is it like a, a steal, you know, rob your neighbor kind of thing? We've done it, it varies. We've done rob your neighbor. We've done like a secret Santa kind of thing. We've done a, uh, uh, and I'm sure that the wives in the family pick out the basket. I'm, yeah. I'm sure. I was, I was just saying, I, I think it would be hilarious if, you know, one of your sisters in law saw that and like, yep, we need this. <laughs> that, that would make Christmas, I think. Uh, a, uh, oh, Kyler Rat says it's a, uh, in the YouTube chat, says a stocking stuffer for your stocking stuffer. <laughs> nice, Kylo. Do that, you work for Manscaped? That's, that's a beauty of a comment. Uh, <laughs> There's your comment of the yeah. show right there. That's uh, nice if, work, we, Kylo. if we had an official comment on the show, which we kind of did for a while, didn't we? Um, that would be it. I think the show. You know, if anybody would like to sponsor a comment of the show, uh, email us at radioletsgoblues.com. Uh, again, 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with code LGB. Christmas is coming up. Treat somebody else or treat yourself. Um, your balls will thank you. Or someone else's balls and will remember, thank you. And remember the, uh, the the promo code up there, LGB, 20% off uh, free shipping yep. when you use that code at checkout. So don't miss that out. That's uh, very important. Helps us a, as right, well, we it, as we've said before. Right. Yeah. We made it simple. Right, we didn't go with a long promo code. It's super simple. <laughs> if if you consume this podcast, you know those letters. Just if, pop it in the promo code box. If you're a blues fan, you know LGB. Let's go blues. Um, yeah. So make your balls a priority this fall. 
Uh, the uh, the Blues signed their first round pick, uh, Jake Neighbors, to a three year entry level deal. Um, 18 year old left winger played the last three seasons with the Edmonton Oil Kings of the Western Hockey League. Last season, Neighbors posted 23 goals, 47 assists, 70 points in 64 games. Overall, he has registered 98 points, 34 goals, 64 assists in 122 career WHL games. Kurt, I am pissed. This was a terrible pick. I know because it wasn't the pick I wanted. So clearly, <laughs> this was a terrible pick. So they shouldn't assign him at all. Just so let him go. So you're telling me, and I, I agree with you, you're telling me that you, sitting in your basement, you, you, literally, you, literally sitting in your basement, uh, know more about these prospects and, and how good they're going to be at 18 years old, 19 years old, some of these guys. You know more than these professional scouts that travel to watch these players play, talk to coaches, talk to parents, and have binders full of notes on, on these prospects. So you're telling me that you, with the Internet at your disposal, know what the Blues should have done. Kurt, my my eight minutes of of video watching uh, tells me that, and, and then just prospect reports from third hand knowledge. Sure, uh, it tells me that there's no way Bill Armstrong, if he were still here, he would have made that pick. He would not have made that pick, right? Well, but we've but and but you you would be uh, interested to know that the Blues drafting philosophy in this draft was set up by Bill Armstrong before he left no. because the draft oh no. yes the draft no. was supposed to take place while he was still here and then it was pushed back the blues already had their drafting philosophy down on paper and stone it was Bill Armstrong's so actually Bill Armstrong uh, drafting for Arizona knew kind of what the blues what the direction they were going but he wasn't no, allowed you're wrong he wasn't allowed to be part of the Arizona contingent he, he you don't think he, you don't think he talked to anybody I'm sure he did, but <laughs> not officially. You know what? Right. You right. know what? I honestly believe in, in. By the way, everything I just did was was theater. That was that was Tongue showmanship, cheek, if you will. Yeah. Um. No. I. Uh, I honestly believe he didn't. I think there's a. I've. I mean, listen. I'm gonna honor amongst I, I these. Guess is, I guess this is name dropping. I don't know. I've talked to Bill Armstrong. Um. He is. Seems like a very, very good professional, and everything I've heard from him or about him from Doug Armstrong and others in the organization. I, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there was a couple beers had, and it was, eh, you know, guys, this dude I was watching, he's pretty good. But outside of that, I think he really did kind of keep it under his cuff and said, guys, I can't be involved. I don't want to have any kind of weird. I don't know if tampering is the right word, but like weird charges against me brought on by my few, my former employer, you know, because you got to think about it. If he's fired by Arizona, which, you know, GMs are hired to be fired. He might be looking to his contacts in St. Louis in five, six years saying, Hey, uh, any openings, anything you can get me over there in St. Louis. So he's, he's not wanting to, to burn bridges. So I believe he really didn't have anything to say to Arizona. Austin Pagansky and Mitch Rinky agree to both agree to one year, two way contracts. Uh, Pagansky is a right winger, 24 years old, drafted by the Blues in the fourth round. Uh, 
number 110 overall in the 2014 NHL draft. Uh, he spent the last two seasons with the AHL's Rampage, San Antonio Rampage. And uh, last season, he posted 10 goals, 20 assists in 56 games. Ranky, a defenseman, 24, also 24, has also has played the last two seasons with the Rampage as well. Last season, the defenseman recorded five goals and 17 assists, 22 points in 46 games. So the Blues uh, uh, shoring up some depth in the organization. Real quick, I just want to add... Um... Kylo Rat adds, uh, talking about our last uh, pick, uh, Jake Neighbors. He's the next Ty Ratty. Trade him. <laughs> it's a joke, obviously. Uh, and uh, Richard Lemons over at uh, the Facebook chat says, the kid looks good. Looks like he might be a pest. Great vision. So let's hope, uh, let's hope Richard is correct. Um, Keith Price says, I know Jack Kennedy. Jack Kennedy is a friend of mine. <laughs> You, sir, are no Jack Kennedy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but anyway, so on these picks, uh, I just want to add, or on these uh, these signings, um, they were two of the guys that were qualified um, back when you had to qualify your RFAs. Some people and, got outrageous, uh, by the way, about that. Which Spending money on ridiculous. players. <laughs> people, yeah. and yeah, th- those are the social media types that like, oh, just stop it. Be quiet. Just, yep. the, the adults are talking. Um, <laughs> Yeah, right. And Pagansky, you know, he had a, a little cup of coffee here with the Blues. I think we, we'll see him again this year. He's a guy who can step in as your fourth line. And uh, and then Mitch Ranke, another guy um, who kind of probably is is a hopeful for the AHL, maybe a, a future captain there uh, for the Springfield Thunderbirds. Um, maybe his peak, he does make it to the NHL at some point, but I think he's kind of been lost in the – uh, in the shuffle here with um, how many prospects the Blues have on D. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm fine with it. Again, you're shoring up your AHL roster. You have plenty of guys who are getting ex- plenty of AHL experience that you can call up in case of an injury. So, you know, if fourth-line guy gets hurt, Kyle Clifford, somebody gets hurt, you call up Austin Pagansky. Um, you you need a defensive defenseman called up because there was an injury to Carl Gunnarsson. Mitch Rinke is available. You have these guys available, and you'll be able to pass them back and forth between the NHL and the AHL. For those of you who may not understand how these things work, these are are really good depth signings for the Blues. They've proven to be nothing but loyal to the organization and uh, guys that can step in when you need them. Two-way contracts uh, mean that uh, a player makes a different salary playing for a minor league team than they do playing for the the respective NHL team. So one-way contract would mean they make the same salary both places. So if you didn't know that. And I'll add, too, for anybody who is interested, um, the uh, again, going to promote ourselves, uh, the past to the future episodes. We did have episodes talking about Austin Boganski and Mitch Rinke. If you'd like to know more about them, check out past episodes of Let's Go Blues Radio over at Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shows. Uh, we do talk about um, both those players in separate episodes, so make sure you check that out. So the uh, reverse retro jerseys are rumored, nothing official yet, but they're rumored to be a thing next season. So uh, some images were leaked. Uh, what's reverse retro jersey, you say? Um, think 80s or 90s throwbacks, but with some of the colors reversed, flip-flopped. So, which is, I, I just heard about this today. 
Um, and while I can see where it would look good on some jerseys, uh, others probably not so much. Um, uh, the aesthetics uh, account, which is a believable uh, account when it comes to uh, rumored jerseys and things, uh, they said, uh, I only report on actual game jerseys, not fan fashion jersey lines. And yes, I am told all teams will be wearing them. So that they're apparently going to have a thing, uh, going to be a thing next season. So someone in Indonesia put a couple of reverse retro replicas on eBay. The ones posted were flyers and penguins. Indonesia is where the jerseys are manufactured. So someone thinks that uh, they put, they got their hands on a couple, put them on eBay. And so they were fell off a truck, fell off a truck. Uh, and they are indeed reversed. The flyers, uh, orange and black, uh, the black shoulders and down the arm and then the orange, uh, body and the Pittsburgh Penguins diagonal where it says Pittsburgh back from the, uh, was it nineties? Um, late nineties, right. uh, the, the Pittsburgh, the diagonal Pittsburgh, kind of like the word says, uh, where the, like similar to the diagonal Rangers, I guess. Um, it's a white Jersey with the, uh, cause the, the Pittsburgh, wore the black jersey with the uh pittsburgh going down this is their white jersey so um and so and then so game time uh wrote an article about this and suggested that a suggestion for a blues reverse retro would be the away clown jersey with a darker blue field above the yellow lines and that above that stupid sea of red and they admittedly called it the worst, the worst than the actual clown jerseys, and asked for suggestions on what fans would like instead. So uh, I, I got a picture of this to, to, in the notes, guys. But uh, and if you want to see a picture, go to Game Time, SaintLouisGameTime.com. Uh, they have an article about it. But yeah, I don't. I mean, this this looks a lot like that that black uh, clown mm-hmm. jersey that was in stores uh, that they didn't wear. That's what I thought. That's what I thought when I saw it. That that's yeah. what it was. But it's not. Yeah. It's not black. That's exactly it's, what it was. It's dark blue, yeah. yeah. So, I don't like this um, as a third. I don't like this as a as a retro reverse. Uh, they just did this style last year for a few games. I don't want to see it again. Yeah, I I will say that I applaud the NHL. We talked about this. Uh, I think last show actually that I applaud the NHL in like just release as many freaking jerseys as possible. People are going to buy them. It's a it's a it's a cash grab for the NHL. Just do it. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I know that if the Blues had a great design they came out with like the Winter Classic, I'm going to jump out and buy it. I love it. I think it's great. But I'm with Kurt in the sense that you did this already and and again, now maybe maybe this is all just speculation. It is. Clown jersey. It's, let's give yeah, let's give more let's give some credit where credit's due. It was also Hildy Mack, one of our favorite people over at St. Louis game time that she posted that article. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, I mean, and I'll say you guys probably won't agree. I actually liked those black ones when I was a kid. Mm. I always said, why don't they wear those on the ice? I think those would look better mm. than the blue and the white ones. Mm. But having said that, like <laughs> Kurt just said, we saw this last year. Let's do a, if you're going to do and by the way, just as an English major, uh, ret- reverse retro, that means current. So let's call it something else. That's ridiculous. But you understand what they're um, talking about. They're reversing I the colors. Get it. Yeah, yeah, okay. But it's just, it's a <laughs> silly name to me. But like a double anyway, negative. Anyway, um, it's a double negative, basically. Uh, but no, I, I would love to see like 
if you had maybe like the the ones with the blues across the head, the, the the terrible Harry or Ness jerseys, you did something with those. If you did something with the, you know, I don't know, uh, maybe like the third jerseys from a couple of years ago with the arch in the background, you made those white instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be interesting. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I, but, I I wouldn't mind seeing? Well, the blues arched over the top, some kind of reversal that would be interesting. Uh, I'm all for the uh, the the ones before. The clowns, uh, the with the the the, the simple the, the and and do something reverse with those. Now I'm scared. I'm scared that they're gonna go reverse retro and go with a yellow jersey, yes, and like blue yes. stripes. That's what I'm scared about because yeah. I they could they could screw that up. <laughs> yeah, I mean we we bitched at length last week about yellow based jerseys and how awful they generally come off. Yep. Um yeah, that that's that's what, my nightmare. Scenario. What what else if the blues go reverse retro, they're going to go with a yellow jersey. Aren't they? I mean, they they have they, what else can they do? Mm, I I think Jeff's idea, you know, the 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 dark navy third jersey that yep. they had, you go a white version of that, it works. Because oh, those man, were okay. I think that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I, I those guess would be, those would be beautiful. I would love yeah, those. I oh that okay. Or or a white Winter Classic style. Yeah, yeah, but, like the yeah, they wore I mean, in the, um, do... the the alumni game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Although one could don't do yellow. Don't do yellow. Yeah, I I would not like to see yellow. I has there ever been a good yellow jersey in all sports? Can you think of any? Uh, Brazil, uh, Brazil. Uh, uh, nah, I don't want to go with countries. Soccer, countries is different. Brazil soccer, yellow yeah. and green. Yeah, but that's I, their that's their that's their flag. I think that's a little different. I'm yeah, talking about I, just like maybe yeah. pro sports. I've never thought that. I I always thought Brazil looked good, but, I, but so yeah. just you know, I maybe yellow doesn't work in, in hockey jerseys. It doesn't work on the ice. Yeah, I, I still think I, it works. I think it's, I think it's the sport. sports. Yeah. yeah, no, Borussia Dortmund. Lakers, Teal Town USA yeah. says Lakers. Okay, Lakers ones aren't bad. Yeah, right. Lakers pull it off. Green, Borussia Green, Dortmund, Green Bay, Bundesliga, they pull it off. Eh, Green Bay's yeah. yellow, yellow and brown throwbacks. Those are sweet. Oh, those are beautiful. I, like I love those. Granted, I, you yeah. may depend. Maybe and uh, uh, Teal Town. I'm sure that's um, Eric, right? So uh, uh, he's a he's a designer. So he's got the he's got the designer mindset. So. Uh, maybe it's the maybe it's the the uh, color you pair with the yellow that make that makes the difference. Uh, somebody's here. So actually, Keith Price says Sweden, hundred uh, percent. Again, I, we're talking about countries. Sweden jerseys are beautiful. The that's true. The yellow. That's true. But and it's a yeah. it's a it's a it's a more of a, a brighter blue too though. Because like mm-hmm. Nashville is a darker blue, and like maybe it's the color that that complements it. That it's not as complimentary as others. Makes the yellow look worse. Uh, Teal Town says it's ah, AJ. Tonight. AJ, well, what do you know? What's about up, AJ? It's been a while, buddy. How you been? <laughs> oh yeah, Keith Price says the LA Kings. Um, you know, in the terms of, in terms of like looking back, I I love those jerseys, but I think at the time I would have hated them. We've talked about this. I've never, I never liked the purple and yellow Kings jerseys. I just, <clears throat> I did. Hey, I never did. My my first two years at CBC, those were our jerseys. What weren't so you? I'm, I have okay. I have All an right. affinity for them. All right. you what about pur- the? Uh, you, were you more? Okay, never mind. Sorry. It was purple. What about and gold. the? Uh, okay. What about the yellow and um, 
the uh, the 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 Pittsburgh Pirates jerseys, the the more gold color, yellow ones. and black, gold and black. Yeah, 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 with those stovepipe hats that they had. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I honestly think it it depends what color goes with it. That that, that could it, yeah. it makes the yellow either look good or not. It's a complimentary I think it's gotta issue. Be black, right? It's, it's black or black. black or a bright blue, uh, like Sweden. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe. I think black, black and yellow. Uh, Boston, you know, Boston's had yellow jerseys. They didn't look. I didn't. I don't think they looked that bad. I mean, the color anyway with the black. Keith Price so. says retro reverse L.A. Kings purple with yellow. I am all for it. I'd love to see it. Hmm. You probably can't see. Let me tilt my camera up here. I got this. Uh, oh, wrong way. I got that beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful yeah. set of gloves up there, the old King style, and I love those things. I've got a black and yellow pair of uh, hockey gloves. Those are you got the purple and yellow. I got the black and yellow. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll By see. The way, how it AJ goes. says, uh, think of a previous alternate jersey and then invert the prime colors. That seems to be the move. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's probably what they'll do. So and I'm thinking it probably will be a yellow jersey. Unfortunately. Or or white or red, or red. Or they the blues, the, the blues jerseys, the blues circle logo, like was brought up earlier, would be a white version of that. I would, yeah, because I, I would love that. Because Pittsburgh's doing that. Pittsburgh's going theirs is uh, if if you believe the the leaked images, theirs is going to be white. So I would really like the blues to do white, but I but I fear because you know what they're 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 third uh, with the circle arch logo. That was a dark navy jersey. Uh, the the Winter Classic that was a blue jersey. The 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 nineties throwbacks last year that was the dark jersey. They haven't done a white one. They need they uh, do a right. white one. Do the white version of the Circle Crest. I'd be for that completely because I think that you wouldn't screw it up. There are a lot of people that hate that jersey. You know that? Really? Oh, yeah. I know. I mean, yeah. now it, when it was used early on, it was it was widely thought of as one of the better third jerseys. Uh, but I think maybe we used it too long and fans kind of got tired of it. I think that's probably where it went. We used it for a long time. Right. And it, it was also during, you know, the shit era of the team. That's true. That's true. Bad memories. Well, yeah. and, and Tom Stillman even said when he took over, uh, well, reports are that he said, get rid of those jerseys because he wanted a, a basically a whole new mindset in the organization when he took over. So he didn't want anything left over from the, Check its area era. I said, "Damn it, stupid!" Let's go Blues forums. <laughs> the area. Wow. Um, yep, that is a Let's Go Blues forum uh, Freudian slip there. That rarely have I heard someone utter that phrase on accident. Yeah, <laughs> it's always been well, to mock someone else that used it. That's, that's funny. That's what you get for checking out those damn forums all the time. Uh, Keith Price says, "I'm not a fan of these Circle Blues jersey." So there you go. He's one of them. Not a fan of the arch design. You know, it's funny. I've we talked about this. The arch is a, the arch is hard to make look good in a design. Uh, it's just, it's an. Uh, you see the arch around St. Louis in different logos all over the place, and more times than not, it's like, eh, that was forced. Eh, it looks like clip art. You know, it just doesn't. If you need to like redesign the arch and make it more, more uh, put more of a design feel on it. Uh, and change the look of it to make it look kind of cool. It, just slapping a, a, an arch and a logo kind of looks, eh, it's been, I think maybe because it's overdone. 
in St. Louis. Everybody uses an Arch logo in their in their business, uh, or half people do. I mean, that's why. Um, you know what? It's fu- it's funny to me. Just I love hockey fans, and especially fans of the show. I guess how we have talked hockey throughout the show, but we are getting the most comments talking about jerseys. It's just, I love it's it's weird how that works, huh? Hockey fans and jersey. It's not. I don't think any of the sport has the uh, passion about jersey designs like hockey fans do. You don't see as much in baseball or football. Football, fuck, they change the jerseys every uh, every other week. It seems like, but uh, NBA's doing that too. NBA too. Yeah, I I mean I think hockey jerseys are kind of iconic as far as like uh, the design and how people feel about the jerseys and, and the era and stuff like that. Maybe, and maybe other sports do too, but to some degree, but not like hockey, not like hockey fans do. Jesse Hill says they're sweaters. Sweaters. So yeah, right. Yes, they are sweaters. Makes well, different. They are sweaters. Te- okay. Hold on. Technically they're not. They used well, to be. If you want to go vintage, yes, I understand. I get it completely. Call them sweaters to be old school. Mm-hmm. I get, it. I like it, but they're not sweater material anymore. They're jerseys. Material. Yep. Letter Kenny, season three, episode five, the yeah. battle for Bonnie McMurray. Yeah. You should call them sweaters. <laughs> sweaters don't go on the floor. <laughs> Steel Town, USA. How many damn jerseys do the Diamondbacks have? Yeah, they've got a yeah. shit ton. I think I mentioned that last week, actually. Yeah. Uh, and, and they've got not, like five or six. And you like that. I, and, and I'm fine. I'm, I don't care. You say you're. I don't, you're you, you like throw I'm as many jerseys out there as possible. I just think it's because, like, why not? You're going to make money off it. People are going to buy it if you want to make money for your organization. I guess maybe I'm thinking from a marketing standpoint because that's where my career is at. Just do it. Make some money off it. Why not? Uh, And also, we'll give uh, Teal Town USA some love here. Again, the uh, our favorite Sharks podcast over here at Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, He says, if you're interested, we posted Sharks mock-ups of retro reverse Sharks concepts on our Twitter and website. I'm not the biggest fan of all of them, says AJ. <laughs> uh, uh, and, but and yeah, I, I did see those, AJ, and they are interesting. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, the graphics, and me being a graphics guy, the graphics that come out of the Teal Town production, their, their logos, their on-screen graphics, their promos, their ads, um, top-notch stuff. And I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Eric does most of that. Um, uh, other guys may, uh, I've just known that Eric does some of it, so maybe does all of it. I don't know. But uh, really good looking stuff you guys do. Like it. If Teal Town USA would like to sponsor Let's Go Blues Radio, <laughs> you can email us at radio let's go blues.com. <laughs> That's crazy. I oh. guess my, my question, my question for AJ, I'm looking at uh, at the site right now and uh, the mock-up they that they put up. Um, you know, it's uh, interesting design, um, but I, I'm wondering if what makes it retro for them is that it's got a Thornton on the back. I mean, is he's so old that you just put his name on the back and it's automatically retro? Is that how that works? <laughs> Yeah, he was uh, he was the first captain on the California Golden Seals, right? <laughs> he was the captain on the Montreal Maroons. Yeah, right. <laughs> Back in nineteen seventeen. <laughs> um, uh, Keith Price uh, says uh, Christmas ninety one. I got a Sharks jersey. I remember that. He also had a Brian Hayward um, Jaws mask on his wall. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's I have a uh, I've got a poster, retro shark poster. jersey, uh, the black one. I've got the the black one from those years. Those are uh, I used to play street hockey in it all the time. 
<clears throat> yeah, my uh, my first men's league uh, hockey team uh, that I played for uh, at Cahokia was uh, Sharks, and we used those early teal jerseys. Um, I think Jeff wound up with that jersey. Not not Jeff Ponder, but Jeff Price wound up with that jersey in his closet. I don't have it anymore. But uh, better Jeff. I was I always liked it. I always loved that color on the ice. Um, no Herbe mask, Bill says uh, Jesse Hill. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, that that uh, such an odd combo. The uh, the the Jova with the the really high set uh, cage. Uh, you know, I was thinking about that earlier. You know, just never could get behind that. I don't. I don't think I would ever be comfortable wearing something like that. And I think Glenn Hanlon was probably the first guy. Glenn Hanlon and Bob Sove were the first guys that I ever saw wear that setup. It was more of the Tommy Soderstrom big bubble Jofa helmet. Myself. All right, so I got a question. What's older, Arter Zerbe's legs pads or Joe Thornton? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I think they were both uh, born at the dawn of the. Age of Aquarius, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Um, that's uh, what circa 1974, right? Yep. Uh, Teal Town USA, uh, you have to DS some uh, retro reverse ideas for the blues, and we'll put some mock-ups together for you. That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we'll do that if I can find some time here in the next uh, couple days. Well, hell, we got we got a few months yet before the season starts. So, well, guys, we're gonna. We I think we need to mention Teal Town USA's latest comment. Uh, to be fair, <laughs> <laughs> to Thornton's be fair. knees are only a couple years old now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, most seventy-year-olds get their knees replaced. You know, <laughs> so that, that's about right. <laughs> um. Anything else, guys? I think that'll do it. I, I real quick, I'll throw out uh, Ponder Tournament March sixth. We are moving the Stanley Potter Cup Tournament. I mentioned it uh, briefly last week, but it is officially March sixth, twenty twenty one. So we're going to push it back about five months. If anybody wants to come, if anybody wants to play, uh, check out dropinstl.com and click the. Uh, oh geez, I think it's the twenty twenty SPMCT Tourney tab, and that'll tell you everything you need to know. Guess that'll do it. The support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's blow the waist grooming products. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code LGB. Make your balls a priority this fall. And that will wrap up episode eight of season nine of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. Let's lose Maple Leafs. Hmm. That's a good one. (laughs) That's a good one. Bye, Joe. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blue. St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? The only 
just begun. They're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis blues.